Welcome back. It's good to see you, Richard. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you doing okay? Doing all right. And, and here we are on this last, the last weekend of, of August. I was going to say we're sliding out of August. Yep. And we are, we're here to talk about this, our final uh, week on this topic of parental alienation. Right. And, um, you know, we've talked about what it is. We've talked about the effects on the child, uh, short and long-term effects on the child. And today we're going to wrap it up talking a little bit about the effects on the parent, but also talk a little bit about where do we go from here? How do treatment and, and, and healing and trying to get through this? Right. Uh, as we, as we mentioned in the past two uh, podcasts, this is a topic that we don't we don't know a, a great deal about it. Um, you know, we don't we don't know much about the topic. We know it's exceedingly damaging to everybody involved. Um, but there there um, there are major part parts of this that we know um, we know frighteningly little about. And um, so, but we want to talk about some of those other issues. We talked about the effects on children. We, you know, talked about what it is and why it occurs. Uh, now we want to talk about the effect on the alienated parent and what we can do about that. What what the alienated parent might do because they're the they're the one in the uh, most disadvantageous position when it comes to parental alienation. Uh, absolutely, and you know, if you're if you want to hear more about the effects on a child, you can uh, check out last week's podcast. Right. Um, but, you know, again, we want to we want to emphasize that parental alienation is different than estrangement. It's different than um, just being separated. It's just it's different than uh, and it's different than um, a child not wanting to be with a parent, you know, for for lack of a better phrase, for just terms, for just yeah, right. reasons. You know, a, a lot of times that you will see that when there's, you know, a history of abuse or mm-hmm. and things like that. But, you know, we're t- what we're talking about here is a situation where usually following a divorce, um, a, a child has been turned against a parent. Mm-hmm. They had a, a previously strong relationship, uh, but they've been turned against that that parent by the other, you know, the 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 um, alienating parent. And, um, you know by by twisting some of their memories and by you know just presenting things and talking about things in a really negative way to mm-hmm. turn out against the other parent right yeah i think that that's the important difference here is we're talking about the difference between alienation and estrangement is an alienation there was a previous positive relationship um you know the 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 parent and the child got along just fine. And then suddenly there's, there's a divorce and suddenly there's this, there's this uh, alienation that occurs. There's this separation and the child um, moves away from that targeted parent uh, for, for no apparent reason. Right. Uh, the, the alien, the targeted parent really didn't do anything to deserve it. Um, and that's the difference between estrangement and alienation. So we're talking about, we don't want to mix those two because there, there are times when a parent has either been neglectful or maybe abusive, and there's a good reason why the child doesn't want to be with the parent. But we're talking about alienation where there was a good relationship. Now that relationship no longer exists or, or there's a kind of could even be a hostile relationship. as before. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So as we, as we turn to talk about the effect on the targeted parent or the alienated parent, you know, we, we found a, a great article from psychiatric times and we'll have a link in the show notes to it. Right. And it's written by, 
um, a couple of physicians who are talking about the experience of another uh, colleague of theirs uh, right. who experienced parental alienation. Um, and, and they talk about uh, the the um, the experience and the the turmoil that that uh, colleague experienced, as well as uh, there's a portion of the article from a forensic psychiatrist who talks right. about how it can be prevented and treated. So that the link is in the show notes. But we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit about um, about that article and what that experience was. Right. What I like about this article is it does contain both parts. Yeah. It's a very personal account of a colleague of theirs. But it's also uh, there's also a section. The, the second section of the article is written by a forensic psychiatrist who looks at the um, legal and long term effects um, and and possibly prevention uh, of um, parental alienation. So it contains both parts, which I think is really helpful. Right. Absolutely. And so I think that the the when, again we're we're focusing on the the effects of the uh, alienated parent. Right. I think one of the one of the things that the physician talked about, the, their colleague talked about, is that is is how suddenly, without really any any warning or any any um, you know any any signs, um, nothing that he could say or do was okay. Uh, right. <laughs> it, it was like everything changed, and all of a sudden he was um, demonized, and he was he just was public enemy number one. You know, all of a sudden. Everything has changed, you know, and the, the kids that he had a good relationship with um, suddenly didn't want to talk to him anymore. Didn't want to see him. Didn't want to talk to him. Um, ghosted him. They called ghosted him. You know, uh, um, what are they? They um, I'm going to do what on Facebook? I'm going to uh, what do they call it when you cut somebody out? Unfriend them. Is it what it is? Unfriend you. Now, there's another term for it, but they, they get ghosted. They, they It's like their kids just disappear. Um, they don't get, you know, there's no communication, no Father's Day card, no birthday wishes. They're unavailable at holiday times. They, they, uh, they go to grad, they go to ceremonies, they go to award ceremonies or school productions or band concerts or athletic competitions, but they're not invited. They're not really a part of it. They can observe, but they can't be a part of it. And it's just that there's this sudden break that makes no sense to them. He calls it, he refers to it as, the adversary that accepts no compromise. That's kind of a good explanation, a good uh, description of it. There, there is no compromise here. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is that all of those things and, and, you know, if in the event that the alienated parent attempts to do some of those things, attempts to go to an award ceremony or attempts right. to come to school, that sort of adds fuel to the child's frustration and anger with the parent you know what are you doing here you know you're, you know you're not welcome in my life you know well i'm going to an athletic competition but you're not welcome here and and it does it can further alienate the parent right the parents trying to do the right thing and, the, and it just fuels the child's anger yeah yeah and and sadly you know many refer to to this as as though the alienated parent has lost the child like in the death of a child, they, it's they, like yeah, unexpected, and, right? And unexpected and and premature death. You know that that's kind of it's, it's sort of what the child is going through. The child and the parent right. is going through what they, the similar experience as if uh, one or the other had died prematurely, unexpectedly. Yeah, and, and so this and this loss, and and I think um, what's what with people that I've worked with who've experienced this. The real challenge is they know, you know, many times the parent knows exactly where the child is. They right. know that, you know, if I turn down this road and go right down there, 
that's yeah. where he is. Right. But I can't have any contact with him or I, you know, they, the, the child re- resists me or pushes me away or doesn't allow me to have anything to do with him. And so there's that very odd experience of knowing exactly where the child is, knowing what, you know, you know um, knowing how they could get to them, how they could get access mm-hmm. to them, but at the same time, not being allowed and being r- restricted from them because of the child's behavior off- oftentimes um, and having no contact with them. So it's really, really an odd and strange position for the parent to be in. Yeah, really. And I've seen that. I've seen it in the office where children will get become irate if the alienated parent attempts in any way to reconcile, to talk, to do something, you know, hey, you want to go out and have dinner? Do you want to go out and go for a walk? And the child becomes irate. It's a, it's a, it's an immediate, um, um, a verbally aggressive um, uh, stance by the child. Uh, they really, they, they really push, they really push hard against the alienated parent. Right. And so the, the parent experiences all of the the same, like we, we said a moment ago, all the same type of loss, the same mm-hmm. type of grief, and and you know sometimes it it is accompanied by by guilt, by feelings of guilt mm-hmm. that you know what is going on and what is happening is you know losing that relationship with a child. And again, it, it's important to note that prior to the alienation, the parent and the child typically had a pretty strong relationship. They had, a, right. had a prior, the prior relationship was was very positive and many mm-hmm. times very strong. Right. But now all of a sudden it's it's deteriorated to nothing. Miss it. That's right. That's right. Not only not only is it gone, it's adversarial. Right. I mean, it's, it's aggressively adversarial. Um, okay. Kids kids can get really really hostile. Um, and and that's it's a shock to the parent, you know, because it seems to come out of nowhere. But to identify it, and, and that's one of the issues, the, the previously good relationship is one of the factors in determining whether alienation has occurred. There's something known as the five-factor model yeah. that's used to identify parental alienation. It's things we've talked about already. The first factor is the child avoids, resists, and refuses, Okay, of course. The second factor is the president, the presence of that previously positive relationship. And that I think is the defining characteristic here. You had a good relationship. So that's the second factor. And then the third factor is there is no abuse or neglect. We talked about that. That's the difference between estrangement and uh, alienation. That doesn't and then, that, well, that doesn't mean that there aren't allegations or right. accusations <laughs> of, of abuse. Many times, many, many times, there are allegations and accusations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Says that they're unsubstantiated and there's no evidence or there's there's never any any substance to it. Right. Yes. Sadly, we see that in a number of cases where false allegations of abuse are made. Um, it's sort of the, you know, it's it's akin to bringing out the really heavy artillery. A parent will try desperately, even if there wasn't abuse, they'll allege that abuse occurred, right. and that sets the legal uh, wheels into motion. Um, and even if it's not true, it's very disruptive. It, it, it's it's additionally disruptive to an already difficult process. Then the fourth factor is multiple alienating behaviors by the favored parent. The parent will continue to use other tactics to to sep- make that separation even wider. And the fifth factor is the um, uh, the eight behavioral manifestations. 
of alienation that are experienced by the child. And we didn't, we're not going to discuss these in the podcast, but if you go to the article, there's a table right on the first page of these eight behaviors. And so if you're interested in those, uh, there's a really uh, easy to follow table in the first page of that um, article. And as you said, it's the, uh, the website for the article um, is in the show notes. So. Right. And, and, and we went through those in, in, you know, the previous podcast um, uh, when we talked about where we introduced parent. Right. Sort of. mm-hmm. So once we recognize that it's happening and, and as we're moving towards what are we going right. to do, about it, how we're going to treat it, we need to talk about the severity. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, parental alienation. And, and, you know, there, there is the sort of the mild, moderate and severe, as we often think, often think about um, some of these uh, conditions mm-hmm. and, and mild parental alienation is when the, the child resists um, contact with the other parent, uh, right. this, some of that, but once they get there and they kind of get comfortable and things like that, then the child seems to enjoy the relationship and, and things are okay. But, but again, that, active resisting has mm-hmm. to be there that like we talked about a moment ago that that's right. sort of the hallmark is that the child is actively resisting and in and um sort of opposes the other parent actively uh it's just that once they get there and they you know if they're this is one of the arguments for um really pressing the child to have visitation because right. once they get there then they tend to enjoy the time now, later on, they may say they don't. Later on, they may say that it was horrible and all that kind of stuff. But at least while they're there, they tend to enjoy the time together. That's right. You you kind of touched on that last week when you said that you made you made the point that frequently that the child will go to the alienated, the targeted parent. Um, they will profess, "I don't want to go. I don't want to go." But when they're there, they have a good time. And and so the the targeted parent says, "Oh, okay, things are getting better." Child goes back to the alienating parent. So, oh, I hated it. I didn't like it because they want to stay allied to the alienating parent. Right. So, the last thing the child know the child knows that they can. Oh, I had a great time. Everything's great. I love the I, you know I love my mom. I love my dad. I like the other kids who were there. We had a great time. That's the last thing the the child can say to stay allied to the alienating parent. Right. And so, so they go home and say it was terrible, but it really wasn't terrible. You know, and they're, they're feeding off each other. Right. Um, but that's different than a moderate alienation. Yeah. <laughs> All too often we see that. Yeah. Because with moderate, we, we see that persistent uh, opposition to, um, to the, to the, visitation so the child uh, strongly resists contact and even when they're there they still resist interacting with the parent as much as they can they may stay in their room the whole time they may they, they try not to interact with them too much they will go for the visitation eventually right. um, they'll, they'll, they'll press against it and press against it as much as they can but even when they're there they're still opposing the other parent and, and resisting any contact or as much contact as they can Right. One of the common things we get in the legal system is a judge will say, I want you to see the parent twice a week for two hours for a two hour visit. I want you to go two hours on Tuesday, two hours on Thursday. Right. The children agree. They go to the targeted parent. They don't speak. They don't eat. They don't drink. They don't accept anything. They stay silent. When the two hours are up, they go home. 
So that's moderate alienation. They will go, but they remain uh, passively aggressive. Right. And they have no con. They have no discussion, no comment. Even even they'll, the the targeted parent will offer, "Hey, you guys want coke? Do you want a drink? Do you want to eat something? Do you want to go out?" No, 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 no. They're there, but um, they they remain uh, persistently oppositional. Right. And then then of course, severe is the the child not only opposes the idea of visitation or anything, mm-hmm. but the child adamantly refuses contact to the point where they may even try to run away or they'll right. try to hide or or do something to to resist or prevent having to go visit the alienated parent That's right. um, you know we see this of course when the when the alienating the um the parent that the child has allied with where that parent is really se- apparently obsessed with the idea of turning the child against the other parent right in those cases, we see this risk of severe parental alienation at, at, mm-hmm. its, at its peak. But the yeah. child, again, the child not only opposes the idea, but actively does things to refuse um, any contact with the other parent. Right, right. And and then you, you, you know, everybody worries about, am I doing more damage by forcing the child to be there? You know, it almost takes physical, um, physical restraints to get the child in the car and get them to the other parent. So then you say, am I doing more damage um, than I want to do in that case? Right. So, um, so the general agreement, you know, is there any way to prevent alienation? Um, there is, if the parents begin with an amicable separation and divorce, the problem is if you can have an amicable divorce, you can probably have an amicable marriage. I mean, if, if if two parents are able to get along, chances are they wouldn't be getting divorced. Well, so you have sort of an adversarial um, um, set of circumstances at, in the beginning. You know, parents are already angry with each other. Right. I, well, I think that when, when I work with parents who are getting divorced, what I what I talk to them about is that, you know, sure, you may be in a situation where the marriage is no longer going to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. However... You both have the obligation of raising kids. You you have you have to you, you have to be allies uh, right. with each other with the common goal of raising healthy, you know, emotionally strong children. Um, what what happens is when we when the parents become so adversarial mm-hmm. that they, in essence, seek to punish the other parent, um, and and that really seems to be. A, the the source of a lot of this is where they where they just want to harm the other parent. That's right. They they see this as a win lose. Um, you know, I'm I'm losing I'm losing my marriage, so I'm going to win. I'm going to do all of I all that I can to win as much as I can. And of course, the most valuable thing in a relate in a marriage is, is, are the children. Um, everybody agrees with that. So if I want something, I want you know some some people want money and some people want time and so, you know. But mainly we want the kids, you know, we want, we want to maintain a relationship with the children, but you're right. Many times parents will seek to alienate in order to win, in order to punish the other parent. Right. Sometimes um, it's just to gain the support of the children because you're, because a parent is going through this tumultuous upheaval 
and they're feeling very emotionally vulnerable and they want support wherever they can get it. And frequently, all sadly, they seek support and comfort from their children. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that last week about adultification. You know, right. you're relying on the children. Um, so one is to punish, but other is to get uh, support and comfort. Well, right. And, and the the real concern, too, is is when the parent, when one of the parents is so emotionally or vulnerable. Um, yeah. socially vulnerable. Sure. That, yeah. that they can't cope with things. And so they don't have anybody else. And right. so out only sees them, you know, damaged and, and s- sad and, you know, um, unable to function, mm-hmm. through, especially, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the age of the child. Right. I'm going to really pull that child to like, I cannot believe that the other parent put this, put my mom through this or my dad through this. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not necessarily in those situations, it's not necessarily active. Um, the yeah, parent really. isn't necessarily doing it intentionally. Right. Um, not at first, at least, but, but it does kind of start organically that way. Um, you know, so, so parents have to be, uh, you know, if we, with our hopes to prevent it, parents right. have to be willing to work with one another mm-hmm. in an amicable way, um, in a way that suggests that, you know, we both want what's best for the kids. We both want them to have a relationship with both of us, with both parents, and we've got to be willing to, you know, get the outside help that we need. That's right. To cope with what's what we're going through with the divorce so that we don't pull the kids into the middle of it. That's right. You don't turn to the child for support. The children are having their own struggles. Everybody's struggling through this. Um, If you need emotional support, get it from somebody else. Get it from a relative. Get it from a therapist. Get it from a friend. Get the support you need from other people. Keep keep your children out of that, of playing that supportive role. Okay. So first of all, you never denigrate the other parent. That's rule number one. And second, you don't rely on the child for emotional support. That's not that no child should be put in that position. They need help you know, the child needs emotional support. That's what we should be doing. Um, You know, of course, have those difficult discussions when your children aren't around. And then in the end, you might have to accept the other, uh, the other parents, uh, your ex um, spouse's new partner. Okay. And that's another huge set of challenges that you, you have to accept that person, because if you don't, what's going to happen is the, the, the pale, the targeted parent starts a new relationship. And that further divides everybody because the, the children of the first marriage um, feel uh, disenfranchised. They feel well, I'm not a part of, 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 let's say dad's new life. Well, no, you, you've elected not to be, or you haven't been. And so you're not part of the new life, which further alienates the children. You know, so, so you, you get this, as you say, this is an organic sort of uh, development that occurs with it increases the alienation. Right. Yeah. I, I think that parents often have to remember that, you know, the, the court system sort of has a default that it, that it, immediately looks for it. It's always for the best welfare, the best, um, the best interest of children. Right. But but what many states like here in Florida, their, their first default is now 50, 50. Right. Yeah. It's not a law. It's not, it's not in the code, but that's the, the aspirational goal is shared parental responsibility. 
Right. And it's difficult, I think, for, for one to say, um, well, you know, my, my ex-spouse now um, shouldn't have, shouldn't be left alone with the kids because, you know, he or she makes really bad choices or something. When just, you know, three months before, you were perfectly willing to leave the children home alone with that <laughs> spouse. And, right. um, but at that time, y'all were married and everything was, you know, well, y'all were still married, living in the same house and everything. And now all of a sudden, the person isn't, uh, you know, isn't trustworthy right. enough to leave the church. So th- those kinds of things, you know, parents really have to think about that and mm-hmm. and recognize that, you know, the the law, the, the, the system is going to, going to automatically start working in the direction of 50 50 or something right. like that mm-hmm. and and you're there's going to have to be a preponderance of evidence to suggest that it shouldn't be that way that's right that's right that's what the that's what the courts are going to be seeking and the other thing you can do is you consider you can consider something like mediation or collaborative divorce right. collaborative divorce is a system that puts the child first in other words the parents have to put their needs aside let's take care of the children both with visitation financial future, education, all that stuff is becomes the focus. So the welfare of the children become the focus in collaborative divorce. Right. So if if parental alienation happens, you know, right. th- there's a couple of different things to do. One one to go through the court system is tough because they need you need yes. proof right. that it's happening. And and it's hard to prove. You know, the trouble with the trouble with you, you really can't go through the courts. Parental alienation is exceedingly difficult to prove and you have to document it. Well, how do you document it? Well, you could call witnesses. Well, who are the witnesses? They're family friends and family members, you know, who, who see the alienation and you're asking them to testify against the ex. Um, you can track down your children's emails and texts and social media posts, but it's you're sort of stalking your own children in order to gather this evidence. Right. So it's it's really difficult to get um, what they would call in, incontrovertible evidence of alienation. It's extremely difficult to gather. And it could be it could even be more problematic to gather. You could be creating more problems. You can also request an evaluation, um, you know, a psychological evaluation, a custody evaluation. But those are ex- those are pretty expensive, um, and most parents don't have the financial means to do that. And then you you can't assure the outcome. You know, right. there's no guarantee that the evaluation is gonna is going to get you where you want to be. Right. They're 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 expensive. They're time consuming. And, and oftentimes what the results are tend to be, um, well, maybe family therapy or, or yeah. something like that to try to help reunify mm-hmm. the child with um, the, the parent. But re- remember that, you know, parental alienation isn't a crime. It, you yeah. know, something right. that it should be um, right. because of the, the losses and the damages and, and stuff that it does to the child and to the, to the um, alienated parent. But, you know, at the same time, again, for all these reasons that we're talking about, it's so difficult to to verify and to be sure, you know, all of a sudden now you're going to have people who are, um, now all of a sudden you're going to have people who are accused and, you know, potentially found guilty uh, of this. And again, thinking about what it will do to the child, the child has, has allied with this one parent and alienated the other parent. And if it's found to be true, you're going to take away the the alienating 
parent, the parent that the child has allied with, but the child is still against the other parent, you know, right. so now the child has no parents that they can really trust and really found. That's to right. It, it is a really complicated idea to, to even move in that direction. Right. If you criminalize it, then what's the punishment? You know, you say, okay, you committed this crime. So this is your punishment. Do you find them? Well, money is already a problem in most divorces. So you, you, you don't want to levy a fine against a parent. You put the child, you put the parent in jail, you know, now you're creating even more problems. So it's not a crime and I'm, nobody's sure that we should criminalize it. Um, so um, what might be approaching criminal behavior is that parental alienation is viewed by some as a form of child abuse. Right. Okay. But again, it's very difficult to prove. Right. Um, um, it's it's not, you know, it's not a technically a psychological disorder, but is it a form of child abuse? If it's determined that it's abusive behavior, then it may be necessary to remove the child. But again, that is a that is a that is a decision that is fraught with a number of, of uh, possible problems. Yeah, a lot of the same a lot of the same yeah. issues that we talked about before. So right. So, so when you're talking about healing from parental alienation, uh, um, you know, it's so, again, just, I think this is just the, the phrase that we're just going to keep saying is a very challenging scenario because all of the work has been done by the, by the parent who is doing the alienating, you know, they have, they've done all of the, the effort to, to, to remove the child from this other parent. And so the only person that really has any motivation to do anything is the parent has been alienated. That's right. The sad part, when, when you get to healing, when you get to what do I do about it, the sad fact here is that all the work has to be done by the alienated parent. Right. Okay. They're the one that that's the parent who's experienced the loss and the grief. They're the ones who you're not seeing the children. You can't do anything about it. And so all of the work is, is done by the targeted parent. The alienating parent doesn't have to do anything. Right. And there's absolutely no incentive. Right. The, if you want to alienate your children, you have no incentive to reconcile, to fix that relationship. I mean, you've already accomplished your goal. Right. Yes. There's no, there's, no, there's no motivation for you to do anything. Right. You can sure. sit back, no matter what anybody does, no matter what the targeted parent does, no matter what the targeted parent parents targeted parents, family might do, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, doesn't matter what they do. doesn't matter what the court system does. The alienating parent can just sit back and let everybody else do all the work. Right. So the, the best course of action for the, the targeted parent, for the parent that has been alienated is to, is to remain calm and to try to respond without anger or without rage or, or anything like that. Um, they need to, they oftentimes need to get the support of family and friends or, or maybe even right. professionals to help them cope with the, the, the challenges and struggles associated with it. But, um, but you know, the, the, the main course of action is just to, to remain calm, mm -hmm. uh, maintain compassion and kindness uh, as best as possible. Um and then, you know, hope, I suppose, uh, that the child then comes back around. Um, but, you know, the, the, 
even when the child comes back around, you you talked about this the other week. Um, it, it's tough to rebuild um, because there's going to be suspicion. There's going to be, um, you know, hesitation. There's going to be a lot of, you know, trying to rebuild something that has been really fractured in a way that's um, tough to put back together again. Um, so it's a long haul uh, that's right. for helping. Yeah, it's really difficult. And the, the best advice is if you're, if you have been alienated, um, you have to seek help and support um, from wherever you can get it, uh, family, friends, or professionals, to cope with the strain. There, there really is very little. Um, part, of the, part of the problem with the alienation is the feeling of impotence that the parent has. You, you just can't do anything about it. Right. Um, damage has been done, and it's extraordinarily difficult. And the most you can do is cope with these very unfortunate circumstances. There is a program for kids. Um, I don't know much about it. I know that it exists. Um, It's called, I don't want to choose how to middle school children can avoid choosing. It's a school-based program. Um, And there's a, there's an article that we put in the show notes. If you're interested in this sort of um, thing, either as an educator or a parent, uh, there's an article in the, in the show notes about it. Um, As I say, it's, it's, it's a, uh, I'm not familiar with the program, but it's, it's encouraging to see that such programs exist. Absolutely. As a final note, I think that we should mention that, you know, for the parent who has been um, been alienated, the target parent, uh, target parent, I I think that, you know, one of the things that we do in those situations is we continuously work to create a connection and reach out to the child, to child or children Mm -hmm. and, and try to, create some connection um and but there may be a time when it's important to stop doing that um because right. either it's going to it, it could potentially worsen the situation or it, right. it's just going to keep making it difficult for the for the parent to cope with what's happening and so you know if the child uh, becomes increasingly um, hostile. Uh, mm-hmm. If it, if the child threatens a restraining order or something like right. that, or or if the child says, you know, something along the lines of they just need more time and that right. they'll get back in touch with you and that when they're ready, um, mm-hmm. you know, those may be times when it's okay. You know, I need to step back, um, not stop pushing so much. I'm available. I'll be here if and when they need me. But uh, otherwise, um, you know, I have to move forward with my life and, and right. I have to, to look what's next for me um, because I can't hold on to this hope that something will happen when th- there's not necessarily a guarantee that it will. Right. You know, the, the, the targeted parent has to recognize that the chances of reconciling after a certain amount of time are pretty slim and there really is very little you can do about it. So the best thing to do is to take care of yourself get the help and support that you need to make it through this um, set of very unfortunate circumstances. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. That kind of wraps up our three-part series on parental alienation. Um, We'll we'll start on a different topic next week, Um, but hopefully it was helpful for you guys. And if you, uh, again, want to check out the show notes, there's some articles in there, uh, covering some of the things that we talked about in more depth um, and with some more resources. So, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it for today. Okay. See you in September. I'll see you then. Until next time, stay okay. happy, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.